Welcome back to Process. I'm your host, Justin, with Effective Remote Work. Let's face it, distraction in the modern workplace and life is a major problem. With endless meetings, chat notifications, and emails, we're burnt out, and rightfully so. Constant interruption and task switching makes it very difficult to get anything of significance or quality accomplished. Deep work has been hailed to be the answer of all of our modern work problems, but is it? I'd contend that it's not. Let's discuss this in this week's episode. But first, if you're looking to share workflows, ask questions, or gain deeper insights from like-minded folks about productivity, remote work, and note-taking, join our community at community.effectiveremotework.com. All right, so on to the topic of deep work. What is deep work? Let's start there. This is the process and concept that was championed by Cal Newport, and it boils down essentially to this. You create space to work on a problem or project. You focus intensely on that one thing for a period of time, and you repeat that. As you go, you get deep into your work, you spend more focused time on one thing with a singular focus in your mind, which means that you end up with higher quality work and better results. Deep work is essentially a habit. It's a way to structure your life. So instead of spending your days functioning in a reactive mode of thinking, where you're responding to chat messages or emails all day, and you're in meetings all day long, and you have no time to think, and by the end of the day, you still have 400 emails in your inbox you need to deal with before the next day. I used to work in the corporate world. And that is how many of the managers who worked in that world lived their lives. I wanted absolutely nothing to do with that. I like being focused and I don't like being stressed out from all the information coming at me. And that's a major problem that deep work solves, or at least it creates a framework for how to handle that problem. Deep work really solves the problem of distraction and interruption. When you've built a habit of deep work into your life, you are able to set aside time to focus deeply on one thing and you're less worried about all of the extra stuff coming in from outside and you are focused solely on what's most important to you. You're shutting distractions off, you're closing out interruptions for a period of time in your day to get your most important work done. Deep work also aids with helping you to focus on honing a craft in a deep way. The way to grow quickly in a skill is to focus on it and go deep with it. And deep work is one way that you can do this. However, there are some limits to deep work. For example, even the most experienced people who have the best deep work habits built have a maximum limit of about four hours of good, deep, focused mental work. It's just a biological limit, I believe, that people have in the day. You work deeply and then you need to rest. But a lot of times what ends up happening is that we try to push deep work beyond this. One of the shortcomings of deep work in this way is that if you're new to it, especially, or haven't figured this bit out yet, it's really easy to try to schedule more deep work in your schedule than you can actually accomplish. Or you schedule deep work in parts of your day where it doesn't necessarily make sense to do it. For example, in the middle of the afternoon when you're already tired. Another limit of deep work is that most jobs are not focused on creating. Many of them have a balance between a maker schedule and a manager schedule. So deep work has to be balanced with shallow work. If you work in a corporation or in a fast-paced synchronous company, you can't spend most of your day in a deep work mindset, locked away in an office without email or chat open. You do need to spend time responding to people, reacting to things going on, because oftentimes there are things that are happening in your company that you need to take care of. That doesn't mean that there aren't ways to craft deep work in an environment that like that, because there definitely are. But sometimes, especially if you long for more focus, it's easy to get off the track and almost see deep work as this salvation from the tyranny 
plenty of distraction and chat messages and emails. But for a lot of folks, that's not entirely true. We do have an episode where we discuss more deeply the differences between makers and managers, and I'll put a link in the show notes to that. Another limit of deep work is that it often gets idealized and idolized as the major solution to our modern workplace problems. The lack of focus in our modern workplace is really one big piece of the issue. However, I think there's a number of other problems in our modern workplace that could be solved fairly simply, but when deep work gets emphasized and billed as this almost one-size-fits-all solution for modern work, I think deep work actually loses its potence as an idea in its effectiveness. Deep work, I think, really is best fit in a broader holistic picture of solutions to problems in the modern workplace. Let's take a look about what some of those problems are and why deep work isn't necessarily the solution to them. I would have to say in, in my analysis, and I'm sure there are more than these, but specifically in the realm of digital work, knowledge work, remote work as well, there are four main problems that I think people run into. Interruption and distraction, which we've discussed already, a lack of clarity, reactivity, and burnout. So we've discussed interruption and distraction already. And the solution to that is focus. How do you get there? By crafting a habit of deep work. Lack of clarity, I think, is also another issue that plagues a lot of people in the modern workplace. Many times there are competing priorities for a person's life or day. And a lot of times work gets billed as the top priority and there are multiple competing priorities inside of that realm of things. But life is so much more complex than that and it's a much more holistic picture. You don't have work and life. You have work as part of your life and they have many different facets of things in your life. I mean, you have hobbies, you have family, you have relationships, you have your physical health, you have your financial health, you have your mental and emotional health. These are all different areas that sometimes need priority in the broader picture of life. And each one of those areas also has priorities in general. And not having clarity in the priorities of those areas is a major issue. So the solution to that is obviously crafting and clarifying what your priorities are. And one of the ways that I've found to be beneficial in doing so is practicing essentialism. If you can pick the one or two most important activities in an area and focus on those, your results are going going to be much better and greater than if you were to try to focus on multiple different things in that single area. It's kind of like the old proverb that I've heard that uh, a man who chases two rabbits catches none. What's also interesting too is that the word priority was not pluralized until we hit the modern work era. Prior to say the 1950s, I don't have exact dates on this, but prior to the modern work era, the word priority was priority. This is my priority. But as the complexity of work has waded on into the modern age that we're in now, we now have multiple priorities. And essentialism is kind of pushing back against that to say, no, this is my priority. Because we as human beings don't effectively chase multiple things at one time. Let's take a look at the problem of reactivity. Reactivity is something that many of us are familiar with. We get caught up in the flurry of interactions coming at us in the modern workplace. Chat messages and emails 
else. And deep work can partially solve some of this. But again, with that limit of the amount of time that you can spend on deep work and the fact that most jobs are not focused on creating and therefore do not require large spaces of time to focus deeply on something. They require a reactive mindset. There still is a level of reactivity that most people in the workplace need to deal with. Now, the solution to this problem is intentionality. You can set your intention to focus deeply on something. That's one way to handle this. But another way to handle intentionality in regards to reactivity is what you're going to react to and when you're going to react to it. For example, if you work in a very heavy email culture, it's very much not healthy to sit there with your email client open all day long, trying to respond to messages as they come in. It's very distracting. But one intentional way that you can respond to that is say, I'm going to empty my email inbox three times a day, and then I'm going to stay out of it. There's lots of reasons for doing this, and we've covered those in another episode as well. I'll link that in the show notes if you're interested in going deeper. But the way that you get to this level of intentionality is reflection. Reflection on how you're doing the work, thinking about how you're getting work done. And if you're finding yourself in a reactive mindset more often in the day than not, then maybe you want to spend some time reflecting on how you can be in more intentional about handling those reactive moments. And then lastly, this is probably the worst problem of the modern workplace, and it's burnout. Burnout is essentially the place where you have no drive left to keep going in a specific area, likely with your work. And it's because we overwork ourselves. We don't shut off. We're constantly stimulated day in and day out in our work and in our life lives, with our phones, with social media, with media consumption, and we don't take time to fully disconnect. And really the answer here is more leisure time that's disconnected from work and disconnected from the digital world. And we build leisure time by defining our own rest ethic. Rest ethic is a term that comes from the book Time Off, which again, I've talked about multiple times in this podcast recently. And it's the reason being is because it's dramatically impact my own life and my own view on work. But if you think about it in complex with a work ethic. Your work ethic is this idea of how you approach work. What are your values when it comes to work? Rest ethic then is how you approach resting. Work and rest are not independent of each other. In fact, it's a cycle and they are required of one another. You work and then you rest, just like you breathe in and then you breathe out. I won't get too deep into building a rest ethic in this episode, but it is a subject I wanna cover in the future. But essentially a rest ethic is having a set of values for yourself and being intentional to act upon those values to prevent burnout in your life in work. It's creating this space where you can recharge so that you can re-engage with work in the future. Deep work has lots of value, but it is not the only solution to problems in the modern workplace. We have to have a more holistic picture about work and the problems that face it. If we can focus on not only developing deep work in our lives, but practicing essentialism, reflecting on how we're working and trying to be more intentional and building a rest ethic, we have a much more holistic picture about bringing balance into our lives in regards to our work. That wraps things up for today's episode. Thanks so much for listening. My name is Justin with Effective Remote Work. I'll talk to you in the next episode.